Welcome to the Bronx Gear Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 4pm on Monday, the 26th of October. On today's show, it's part two of our team gradings for the 2019-2020 season. We finished up with the Indiana Pacers last week, I believe it was, so we'll get going with the LA Clippers. Very interesting, JL. We got a lot to say about the Clippers. <laughs> it's going to be a great one. It's time for tip-off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. JL, mate. Knife. Just on a Victoria, Australia, Melbourne, where we are, standpoint. The, the best day of 2020. Today's, a, I mean, the last hour or so has been pretty good for us. Our Premier of the State, Daniel Andrews, has just announced that in just under 36 hours, we will be able to see our mates. We'll be able to go to hospitality, restaurants, cafes. We can go to the shops, all limited. You missed, but we you can missed do the it. best one. We're going to the pub, mate. Oh, we're going to the pub. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Guinness on tap. Thank you very much. Yes, Guinness. Bit of a, a nice shining day. We both said off there that feels it's a bit of a weird feeling day today. Uh, how, how are you? Is where um, I'm getting at. Well, look, I've been one of the fortunate ones where COVID hasn't really thrown me out all that much. Um, yeah, it's been a bit frustrating at times, but you know, it's been quite quite relaxing sometimes. And yeah, it's frustrating. I'm looking for jobs and things, but it's been so much harder for so many people. But today's just seeing that we've finally made it to the other side and there's light at the end of the tunnel. For me, it's an amazing feeling. So for everyone else that's, you know, gone through so much, you know, the people that own small businesses and things like that, it just must be such an incredible day. So it's just so good to see. Like you, I'm just on Twitter at the moment and Victorians are just absolutely losing their shit. Everyone's celebrating like they've won a grand final. So um, yeah, just a good day. Everyone's stoked. I'm sure you are as well. So hopefully it all pans out the way they're hoping it to. Before you know it, we'll be recording our podcasts again in person. That'll be nice. And we'll be getting on to YouTube soon for all our visual listeners. Uh, you know, oh, we know that you want to see more of us and our appearance. We're, we're just great looking guys, wouldn't you say, JL? I think we're uh, in the same boat as Zion Williamson's where it's you got to lose <laughs> some, some weight before we can be at our best, but uh, definitely not the worst looking roosters. So moving on. Let's get into it. So last week we left off with the Pacers. I hope I'm not wrong by saying that. That's just me guessing. <laughs> I believe it was the Pacers right. alphabetically. Uh, now, the grading system, and this is against expectations coming into the 2019-2020 season. 
If you thought that they were trash against their expectations, say trash. If you thought that they showed us a glimpse of hope, say flash, like a, you know, flash of hope. <laughs> flash in the pan is the, is that the expression yeah. you're looking for? Yeah, something like that. And if you thought that they smashed it, well, you can tell me that smash is the word that I'll be looking for. So while I get my notes up, LA Clippers, uh, trash, flash, or smash? I, I cannot say trash enough. <laughs> my notes say trash about 30 times and then fuck the Clippers. Um, <laughs> you were you were so high on them all, all year long. Before they even played a game, you'd written the, the season off and they were winning the championship. And to see it all come crumbling down as dramatically as it did, for me, it was just poetry in motion for the most part. You would think that their leader, Kawhi Leonard, because he never talks, you'd think that they're not going to be much of a yapping team. But I know a lot of LA, especially Lakers fans, were so sick of Paul George going back and forth, whether he was a Lakers (laughs) fan growing up or a Clippers fan growing up. I think he said both of them multiple times. Uh, Beverly claiming that it's his league for the next few years, Beverly always being himself. And uh, there was, of course, in the bubble, Beverly and Marcus Morris on the bench while Dame missed those free throws talking <laughs> talking shit. And, and then jump, jumping on Instagram as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. So overall, yes, I did think that the Clippers were going to win the championship and I was so sure. And... Man, they really stuffed that up. Absolute trash I had, of course. Blowing that 3-1 lead. I know the Nuggets are good and promising, but blowing that 3-1 lead is not acceptable when you've got Kawhi Leonard and an MVP finalist of last year, Paul George, and all the depth that they supposedly had. And somehow teams are allowed to have two six-men of the year, which doesn't make sense, but they had two finalists for six-man of the year. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Whatever could go wrong did go wrong for the Clippers and for so many fans it was just the most incredible thing to watch. I I just I still think about it. I was watching even yesterday the highlights of game 7 watching Paul George hit the side of the backboard. Like <laughs> to me it just, it was my Christmas. You love going back and watching your favorite sort of uh games. I do. Well, I mean I have nothing else to do in my life, so I'll always chuck on <laughs> some Rondo highlights or uh, LeBron's 2016 finals or something like that. But I reckon this uh, Western Conference semifinals, Denver Nuggets versus LA Clippers will be one I'll be repeating quite a lot for the next few years. So you mentioned the name LeBron. Let's get over to the next team alphabetically, the Los Angeles Lakers. I've got one word here, two words, smash hyphen championship. When a team wins the championship, doesn't matter what their expectations are. I I think you've got to say smash. Definitely smash, but maybe a little bit of flash in there too in terms oh. of I think this is just the beginning despite LeBron being like 42 years old or whatever he is now. <laughs> I think they're going to have a better roster next year. Um they just got you know they'll find some more complementary pieces because realistically yeah, Kuzma, Caruso, Danny Green KCP, they all played their role and they won a championship, but they're definitely going to upgrade. So without a doubt, it's a smash, but it's a little bit of a sign to like, there's more to come to this and here's just, you know, your first glimpse. That Kuzma trade is huge. Whatever they work out, they can do with Kuzma. If they can make it really good for them, that will be 
yeah, they'll come into next season, not just championship favorites, but pretty strong championship favorites. So that'll be big. Anyway, onto the Memphis Grizzlies. What did you have? Smash. I mean, Smash. in terms of their, like you said, going into the season, what we sort of predicted for them, I had them at the bottom of the West and thinking who are they going to draft next year, the one or two pick. And then, you know, well, it was almost a year later because of what happened with the season being postponed, but they're in playoff contention. They were, they made their, what do they call it? The, the play-in game. The play-in game. So they made those two. Like, for what I expected them to be, they just absolutely blew that expectation out of the water. Um, ja Morant had an incredible season and he just reminds me of like a young sort of, I don't know, like part of me sees Derek Rose, part of me sees Westbrook, Part of me sees like Manu Ginobili in a way. He's got a little bit of everything. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark, I think, are great pieces. Um, and then Winslow, who was decent in Miami when he was playing the point guard especially, um, obviously had some injuries there, but he's now at Memphis. I think they've sort of got this little, I don't know, there's a few pieces that come coming together, still really young, and I reckon maybe not playoffs next year, but they'll be starting to make some noises you know, as time goes on. Definitely was a smash for the Memphis Grizzlies. They, as you said, they destroyed all expectations. They sort of soured off there in the bubble and they they really were a bit crap in the bubble and everyone started going for the... I know JJJ got injured and um, everyone started hoping that Phoenix would be in that playing game against Portland. But overall... The, the the greater majority of the season they were awesome. Of course, you can say because of how young they are. There's a there's a sprinkle of flash with the smash, definitely uh, a flash of what's to come and very exciting stuff. As you said, I've got the names Brandon Clark and Jackson Jr. and of course uh, Dylan Brooks and Jar Morant as well. How does my- how does Jaron Jackson Jr. hit his threes? He, it's like he's throwing it like he's, it's a catapult almost. It doesn't make sense, but he drops him at a good rate. It just looked so awful. He he gives hope to us all, like me. <laughs> like he's yeah, he's shooting form. Not that I'm, not that I'm above him, but God, it's weird as it's so just. It's just looks like so imperfect. Uh, yeah. If it anyway. ain't broken, don't fix it. I suppose. That's right. He's a good player. Moving on, the Miami Heat. Holy Lord. Trash. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is the biggest smash. Uh, wow. Wow, they smashed their, their expectations. I, of course, as a Philly fan, I was like, Jimmy, <laughs> you're going to Miami to lose and retire. <laughs> I still stand by, he couldn't possibly have known, not even Pat Riley could have known, that Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Kendrick Nunn were going to have the years that they did. You, you, you sort of can't know that in year no, two, they, two or whatever you want to call them, year one or two for Robinson, you can't predict that. And Jimmy can't either. So he can't sort of say, I knew that was coming. He, but he will say that though, but he's he lying. He will say that. Yeah, but he's lying. But so sweep that all off the table. I'm just going to say, it. yeah, the heat smash expectations. Shut up, Nafe. Shut up all the haters. Good on them. I was cheering for them in the finals. What a season. I've got pretty much nothing to add there because you've just ticked off everything I wanted to say. Um, the only downside to their season with the injuries, um, 
obviously to Dragic and to Bam Adebayo in the finals. Whether or not that makes a difference, I don't think so. And, you know, you predicted the Lakers as well, but it would have been good to see them at full strength going against that Lakers unit. So in terms of expectations, they smashed everything, like more than you could even fathom at the beginning of the season. If someone said they're, even when the season finished now with a fifth seed and you thought, they'll probably get through Indiana, but it'll be pretty close. Might go to six or seven. And they've just absolutely waltzed through the first two rounds. The third round against the Celtics was pretty easy as well. And then obviously the finals were the finals and, you know, the Lakers got up. But the Heat, just just so fucking typical Miami Heat and I hate it. I hate this bullshit Heat culture. Like they're doing it differently than everyone else. They're just, yeah, Pat, Pat Riley makes them all lose weight when they get here. But they're just a tough bunch of motherfuckers and I fucking hate it. Is it a coincidence that the first year, oh, sorry, not the first year, but, oh, yeah, let's just say it. The first year back to the finals for the Heat that Whiteside left in the (laughs) (laughs) offseason. Look, I'm not going to say Whiteside isn't a good player, but I will say that he does make you lose more games than you win. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I mean, I think it helps when you have less idiots on your team. Definitely. (laughs) So... The Milwaukee Bucks. What did you have? Trash, Flash, or Smash? I know we're going to disagree on this one because I... Oh, don't dare say any other word than what you should say. I'm saying Flash. Go, go on. How old is Giannis now? 26? Old enough. 27? Old enough. Nah, old enough. How old was Jordan when he won his first championship? How old was LeBron? Why do we put these expectations on young stars? He's only been good for like four years. He's got this team around him that's like, if they, the Bucks. what did um, Brogdon average in the playoffs against Miami? 20 and 10 assists. And the Bucks were like, nah, you know what? We're going to pay Eric Bledsoe to shoot 39% from the field in the playoffs over Brogdon. This isn't a Giannis fault. This is the ownership fault. And I think that if a few things went other ways in terms of what happened off the court and who they signed, the Bucks are a lot more legitimate than they are right now. So in that terms, it's a it's trash what they did. But they've they still finished number one in the East. They finished number one in the NBA in terms of their rating. They had one of the best net ratings of all time. They're going to run it back next year, and that's not going to change. So, yeah, it was disappointing what happened in the playoffs if you're a Bucks fan or a Giannis fan, but there's still a flash there. It's like there's still something to build on. They know that, hang on, we've got this recipe that's working. We just need to tweak it a little bit, and that's why I said flash rather than trash. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. The Clippers and the Bucks. Similar expectations coming in. Sorry, let me ask really? your expectations. Your expectations. What did you expect of the Clippers and the Bucks coming into this season? Coming into the season, I would have had the Bucks like fourth to win the East. Oh, see, no, no. Oh, okay. See, that's uh, that's where it's different, I guess. I had the Bucks. This is what I said preseason: uh, Lakers, Clippers, West Finals, and. Uh, Bucks Sixers um, East Finals, and see maybe I didn't on. buy into the Bucks hype the year prior. Um, yeah, that that's the thing. So for me, I thought 
they've overachieved the entire season and then got found out in the playoffs like so many teams do. Like you think about the Hawks in 2015 that won 60 games and then got swept by LeBron. Um, and that that happens and quite often teams don't bounce back from that and, as you know, they capitulate. And other times they do bounce back and they work out what needs to be fixed. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Bucks here. Giannis has added something to his game every year and he's at that point now where it's like, is he going to be a one-dimensional player that can only drive and play 30 minutes per game because he's absolutely gassed because he's just driving 100, you know, 100 miles per hour to the ring every single time? Or is he going to develop that jump shot just to a reliable clip where he's, you know, you have to defend it? And will the ownership be like, you know, we're going to buy into these players, we're going to spend a bit more money than we have? And I think that's what's going to happen with the Bucks. They've got an opportunity here, and I reckon they'll take that. Just straight out, I had trash the second round exit and at least mine and I think the betting odds favourites coming into the season, the top four were the ones I said, maybe not the sixes, maybe that's just my my mind trying to put the sixes there. But at least just personally, I had the Bucks making the conference finals and if not the finals and after the season they had and Giannis MVP, all this crap. The Bucks have a lot to prove <laughs> for me to come to give them more respect next season. Their expectations go way down for me. So trash. I can't go any lower. I love when we disagree. Oh, the the Bucks, man, that was that I was happy because I knew it coming in. Like I, I knew it, but at the same time I was still happy to subscribe to all right, they're probably gonna make the finals. Um, let's move on. <laughs> All right. The Minnesota Timberwolves, tough one to pick. Where'd you go? I went with trash and I feel bad for doing it in a way because I've always sort of, I've always defended Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's a good player and I know that the win loss record might not show that. But this year, <laughs> I think he lost what, like, 18 games in a row at one point when they had a losing streak, he got injured. They started winning a few games, losing a few, and then he came back and they lost some more. Um, do I think he's a bad player? No. Do I think it's his fault that they lost those games? No, it's just probably coincidence more than anything else. Um, but, you know, this was the year for him to really step up. Injuries got in the way, but from the games he did have on the court, I thought this would be the, you know, the first season where he's taking over games and he's, when they're down in the third quarter, he's going to go for, you know, 20 second half points or something like that. And that didn't happen. Um, but they do have an opportunity now with D'Angelo Russell there and Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins off the book because we know Wiggins is shit. And then they've got the number one pick. So I think things are looking up for the Timberwolves, but I had them making the playoffs and where they finished. Did they finished last? They finished second, second last, last above the Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, and the Warriors were only there because their two All-Stars missed the entire season pretty much. So, yeah, they were the worst team in the NBA, so to speak. Um, and, yeah, I had them making the playoffs prior to the season. So, you have to go trash. Yeah, I've got them as trash. But interesting future for the Wolves. Shitty season this season, but it was all for a good purpose. We'll see what they do with that pick. On to a team who was very highly anticipated the new orleans pelicans what did you have i mean i had flash and i think that's probably the most fitting but like 
I'm still a bit frustrated watching them. Um, and I sort of wanted to give them a little bit of trash vibes only because oh, I, this the, is, bubble, like, the bubble was bad. The bubble was really bad. And Zion looked awful in the bubble. And when he first came in, you know, that first game he had against the Spurs where he had 18 points in three minutes. I Our thought, first podcast. That was. And I thought, Zion's the real deal. He's going to be a superstar. And then I saw him, what, five months later, whatever it was, in the bubble, and he looked even heavier. And we're already saying lose some weight prior to the bubble. And he's had four months off, and that's what he's come back as. And the fact that he was getting taken out of games when they were close, when they're you know, pushing for the playoffs. And I know he was on limit, minute restrictions earlier, but when he got to the bubble, they said he wasn't. And he looked like frustrated with Gentry because he wanted to stay in the game and that, you know, but he wasn't playing well. That's the thing. He would, you know, he might score some points and then he'd turn the ball over and wouldn't get back because he's like so physically exhausted. So that was the only frustration for me. Um, and I know this is a lot of pressure to put on a first year player, but I don't think conditioning should be questionable in the NBA. I think you should be fit. You should be fit enough to play, especially when you've had all this time off. Um, Ingram, on the other hand, was incredible all season. I wasn't a believer of him when he was in LA because, you know, he was obviously so much younger and he had the spotlight and was playing in positions that didn't really suit him. And, you know, D'Angelo Russell had the ball all the times and things like that. Um, this year he took a leap that I didn't think he would take. And I think he's going to be a superstar, like top 10 in the league quite soon. Um, and then Drew Holiday is fantastic as well. They should make the playoffs next season. I, you know, they showed with when Zion was playing well, they showed that they're a playoff team. It's just whether or not they get there is a different story. I had Flash as well. Uh, Zion's run, you know, after he debuted until the suspension was pretty nice. Uh, some people are even uh, murmuring about can he, you know, sneak the rookie of the year off Jar? It was just like whatever. But he was playing pretty well. He was, he was. I can't remember what he was averaging, but I think it was up with the. It was twenty something. Perth thirty six. He was doing really well. Yeah, so he was good before the suspension. Brandon Ingram had a good, you know, most improved player. I sound a bit pessimistic. I don't really believe in Brandon Ingram. Really. Um, yeah, another disagreement, but we'll leave it for another time. <laughs> um, I don't believe in Brandon Ingram, but had a good year, looked nice. They looked all right. Lonzo had a bit of an off year again, so that that's wasn't great. That's because Lonzo sucks. Overall, the Pelicans showed us a glimpse of Zion and, and BI. Of course, as you said, Drew Holiday and the other veterans did their job. Hopefully, it only goes up for here. I think that... No one's really saying it, but I think that there's a slight anxiety in all of us, all us basketball fans, that Zion, you know, with the conditioning, but just everything. He won't reach the ceiling? I think it might have been the 2020 uh, feel. Like, it didn't feel like (laughs) the, the season that we should have got from Zion. So, yeah, as you said, he might not reach that highly anticipated ceiling. and bit scary um so hopefully that works out for the pelicans got to move on to the new york knicks just as exciting this team uh (laughs) i'll I'll go i had trash lord 
He's the first. Is the first word I wrote. The poor <laughs> Knicks fans and Knicks fans. Poor Knicks. Uh, RJ Barrett wasn't all that exciting. Mitch Robinson is a nice piece. I think he's got like the most highest field goal percentage ever, or something like that. He's on track. He's on track. Um, and Kevin Knox needs to be ascending more rapidly. That's not <laughs> Kevin, going quick enough. Kevin Knox is the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> like no joke, he is the worst player in the NBA comfortably. These players are just and they got the number eight pick in the draft. That must hurt. Oh, that's so uh, funny to me as well. Like everything went wrong for them and they still couldn't get a high draft pick. This is the team that is worth the most money, something like four billion US, and they're just constantly the worst. They can you imagine when they're good one day? Oh, oh my god. It's We're gonna, never gonna It's gonna hit- be painful. It's going to explode. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, was, I was just about to move on. What do you got for the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you said to base it off the predictions preseason, but I want to go like, you know, six months prior to that when the Knicks were getting Kyrie, Katie, and Zion and ended up with <laughs> Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, <laughs> Alfred Payton, <laughs> Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis, Frank Nilakina. <laughs> Shit. It's just sad. It's just so Wayne sad. Ellington. Dennis Smith Jr. Oh. oh just I I just they are the worst franchise I've ever seen in any sport ever. I'm like I'm sure of it. Like the the Kings are bad, but they're the Sacramento Kings. No one wants to play for them. Every year the Knicks are like, we're gonna get some free agents because we're the Knicks. And it doesn't happen, and they just throw all their money at six different power forwards. Oh, just what an absolute shit show! The, the- you, did you see that um, <laughs> that video last season with what you're talking about? The whole KD Kyrie. Uh, it's like outside fans with KD video, like getting a selfie with him. They're like, "When are you coming to the Knicks?" And he's like, "Never." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, I and mean, the, they've got a few little positives, and I think. Mitch Robinson, who you mentioned, looks damaging defensively. He's like so ridiculously athletic and he's a lob threat. So that in itself is just always going to get you some minutes. Um, Alonzo Trier as well surprised me from a late draft pick and he could just score the ball. Um, obviously, as a guard, his passing probably needs to improve a little bit, but there's, you know, there's room to work with there. But... RJ Barrett, I'm still a bit unsure about. I thought he was going to be better than he was this season. Only averaged 14.3 points per game, five rebounds, two and a half assists. But you've also got to take into consideration that he's a he's a slasher. He's always going to try and get to the basket. And when I mentioned those players before, is there anyone that can hit the three? Is there anyone that's going to stretch the floor? He was on the court with just power forward after power forward after power forward that can't shoot. So, you know, they've... Every opposition team has had five men in the paint pretty much at all times. So I think RJ can still be a good player. He's just got to get away from the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's so funny to watch how bad they are. Let's move on. The other team that's uh, blue, orange, and white. I mean, every team's a bit white. but And this team had a – I mean – I've got polar opposite. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder smash for yeah. me. They, they. Uh, most people thought, and why wouldn't you, that with the the loss of PG and Russell Westbrook, that they would be absolutely garbage. Thought that they might find a place for 
Chris Paul to land earlier than they did because they haven't. Um, and they were just gonna, and they were just gonna tank. I think is what I and most people are sort of looking for. I thought they were going to trade CB three, trade Stephen Adams, and just get everyone yeah. out of there and just hit rock bottom. Yep. Um, but they did not. They, I don't know who was the main person that said we're not going to do that. But whether it was Sam Presti or CP three or Billy Donovan, but they went for it was Lou home. Dort. Lou Dort just <laughs> the king himself. Lou Dort. God, I got to get him on the podcast. I've, I've been thinking. I want to get Lou Dort on the podcast. He do it. They took the Houston Rockets to Game Seven in the first round of the playoffs, which was a great effort. They had a great season. They finished fifth, man, in the West. And it's, they the finished, West is tough too. Yeah, they finished over Utah, Dallas, and Portland. And like, just just quickly, roughly think about the seasons and the players that Utah, Dallas, and Portland have. That what a season! Portland were broken, Thunder. but yeah, the Thunder just out. Um, what what's that stat that always popped up? They had a zero point zero five percent chance of making the playoffs, apparently, according to some mm. ESPN predictor. And yeah, they almost went to the second round. They were a Lou Dort pump fake side sidestep three to to making the second round. So now the Thunder absolutely smashed all expectations. Definitely a smash. Onto the Orlando Magic. I had Flash uh, purely because of Jonathan Isaac. It's hard to... This team is... This team's hard, man. To I, I feel sorry for them in a way. Like, similar to... Oh, I don't know. Maybe not the Hornets, but... <laughs> They now kind of the Hornets. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, sort of. I mean, no Steve man's Clifford, land. Steve Clifford did leave the Hornets to go to the the Magic, and they've got some great wins, like over the last few seasons. Like they beat big teams. And they beat and, Toronto in Game One last year of the first round, and then and then the Bucks this season. But even in in the season, like they happen to just beat. Even if it's from the West, they'll beat you if they come to them and they really feel like it. But then they signed to big contracts, all these big men. Like, uh, I know Vooch is good, but uh, Nikola Vucevic, they signed him to a big contract when they drafted, I know you don't like Mo Bamba, when they drafted Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba fucking sucks. Jonathan Isaac. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here, Orlando? Anyway, it's still sort of promising. Evan Fournier is on 17 mil a year as well. Mark Alfultz got there. We all know about him. Everyone loves him, apparently, and whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, he can keep ascending at the Magic, but I just had Flash. I don't know what you could say. What do you got? I had Flash as well, but I don't think it's a trending upwards Flash, if that makes sense. I I don't see them getting better than this. What young, like what talented young players do they have at the moment? They've got Jonathan Isaac, who's going to miss the entire season because he's done his ACL, and he was their only bright spark. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA already, and just so versatile at the wing position um, in terms of guarding guarding wings. He plays more of a four than a wing. Um, and then their probably second best young player would be Markel Fultz, and yeah, he's made a you know little resurgence in his career. He's averaging twelve points per game and five assists, which is good. But that's not going to change your franchise around. They drafted Mo Bumba, what, number five, and he averaged five points per game and just looked completely useless on offense and defense pretty much the entire season. So, I don't know. Unless you reckon Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Vucevic are going to get you 
they'll get you one playoff win a season. They'll win game one in the first round against the first <laughs> seed as the yeah. eighth seed, and then they'll get a gentleman sweep. So I don't know. I just think, yeah, they showed some promise, but now that Isaac's gone, you can pretty much write off next season. Um, they're just a team full of rotation guys that always get passed around the league, like the DJ Augustines, Terrence Ross, Alfred Amino, Aminu, Michael, Michael Carter-Williams. These guys have all played for so many different teams because they're just not that good. And they're just rotation players and that's all you're going to get from them. So I feel like they're at that point where it's like you're better off just blowing it up, trade everything while you can and work from there. Now this next one, I think I'll let you go first. Uh, let's let's try. And, <laughs> I'll try and not let this go for an hour. But the Philadelphia 76ers, what did you have? I had Smash. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> no. oh. oh right, you didn't. <laughs> of course, I didn't have Smash. They're fucking <laughs> shit. Totally caught me off guard there. <laughs> I had trash in every sense of the word, Nafe, and I'm sure you did too because I know how frustrated you are. But I mean. I don't want to get too too obsessed with the whole you chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, but the 76ers chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. We saw what he did in the playoffs. It was nothing. Ben Simmons had a good season. I've st- started to see how he can impact the games positively the more I've watched him. Um, but he's not he's still going to be like on that plateau, I think where he's not really going to elevate his game. If he can't develop any sort of jump shot, doesn't have to be good. Just shoot threes at 30%. It'll still make someone defend you. Marcus smarts done that for years and it's finally paid off. Embiid had a decent year, but probably not as good as I thought. Al Horford just fucking shit there. Josh Richardson was okay, but that's about it. And then that's it. Thibault was the only like promise. So I actually shape Milton was all right. But between those two, they were the only things where I thought, yay for Philly. <laughs> the rest of it, I was like, fucking hell, Philly's fucking shit. Um, yeah. Um, Philly broke my heart this season. I'm getting emotional. Lucky we're not on YouTube yet. Um, I I was like, shit, we're going to make the finals this season. <laughs> <laughs> And just for anyone who forgot, my Sixers got swept in the first round to Jack's Boston Celtics. And um, can I add one more thing? That I can almost like, I barely even remember that series because it was so like non-memorable because it was just so shit because the Philadelphia 76 didn't even put up a fight. That's it. <laughs> um, Keep going. So as you said, I mean, just to clarify though, I mean, we did choose Tobias, but we more so chose Al Horford over Jimmy. Uh, we gave Tobias the max, which is just ridiculous, and we gave Al Hor- <laughs> a 34-year-old Al Horford a four-year, $109 million contract. I can go on and on, but Joel Embiid, you know, he's so loyal to Philly, and we are four bounces on the rim away from sort of winning the championship last year if you if you put us on the exact same path as the Raptors were. And then, you know, he Embiid's best friends, uh, TJ McConnell, JJ Redick, and Jimmy Butler. And then the genius front office at the Sixers is like, here's what we're <laughs> going to do. We need a backup center, which we did. So we're going to go get 
Al Horford, give him a gigantic contract. Get rid of your best friend, Jimmy. Get get rid of your best on the court and off the court, you know, beneficial friend, JJ Redick. Get rid of your other friend, uh, TJ McConnell, so we don't have any spark. And uh, then we'll see how that goes. Fuck me. (laughs) Um, Just so shit. I mean, I know Embiid's not a shooter at all, but he shoots 33% from a three on you know, almost four threes a game, which is quite high for a center. Yeah. Um, And Simmons refuses to take him. And it's like, you've got, if you've got those two things, it is so blatantly obvious that all you need to do is surround them with shooters. Go Milwaukee style and just surround them with shooters. And they got rid of probably the best catch and shooter, <laughs> catch and shoot player in the league <laughs> and replaced him with, Al Horford. <laughs> uh, it's just I and I'm surprised more people didn't see it when it all happened when like they announced the the Horford signing. I remember people thinking, all right, they've got the best Embiid defender now on their team and he can shoot from outside and he's gonna stretch the floor. It's like he can't create shots himself. He can't do any of this. He's not a great shooter. I just thought, what an absolute yeah. joke of a franchise. I had us making the finals. I don't know why I was so confident. I I mean, Jay Rich is a good player. Al Horford's a good player. And even Tobias Harris are good players. But there's no Tobias fit. Harris Tobias Harris cannot be uh, pump faking threes <laughs> and not shooting threes at some stages. Tobias Harris, Doc Rivers has to go in there and be like, you've got to shoot. Shoot no matter what. All of you. Um, and... Hey, Al don't Horford. be too harsh on Tobias Harris. I mean, in those four games against Boston in, in the playoffs, he, he did average 13% from three. So, it's um, pretty good. And and Jay Rich and Al Horford are, are good players, just don't fit. Al, uh, Jay Rich is he, a good player, but he's not like a creator. He's not a great point guard, basically. He's a pretty bad point guard, to be honest. Mm. And we got to the finally the point that uh, Ben Simmons accepted that he's not, he sometimes needs to sit at the power forward. And then that, that left, thank God, Shake Milton was an amazing bright spark. And Shake Milton's going to carry us into the future <laughs> because it just was a terrible fit. So I do think, though, is- Horford can fit when Simmons is off the court. Um, you saw it with the Celtics when, like, especially the Isaiah Thomas Celtics. Horford was so good as a secondary playmaker and him and Simmons almost play like the same, not the same way in the same position, but it they both cancel out each other's positives when they're on the same like on the court together. When you're at your best, you've got Horford getting the ball in the high post and looking for cutters and passing the ball. So I think every minute that Simmons isn't on the court, you've got to run the offense through Horford and I think that can be positive. Is that worth yeah. thirty million a year? Definitely not. But to make the best out of a bad situation, I think that's what needs to happen. The numbers this year—I can't remember what numbers it were. It was or whatever. I think it was offensive rating or something, and I don't have them with me. But they always said that Embiid and Simmons aren't a problem together. They've they've worked it out. They know how to play together. Uh, and neither was Embiid and Horford or Simmons and Horford. The problem was when we had Horford, Simmons and Embiid on the court at the same time. Yeah. Um, and you can't have a $110 million uh, backup center. So the Sixers have huge moves to make in this offseason in terms of, you know, 
and they're going to be losing moves. To be honest, they're going to have to lose some trades just to get rid of some of these players. It's going to be very interesting. But enough about my misery. Let's go on to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, what do you have for them? Has to be a flash. The bubble Suns, 8-0 in the bubble, just missed out on the, the play-in games. And yeah, it meant nothing at the end of the day, but I think mentally that's a huge hurdle for them to get over. Um, Monty Williams will be reminding that all them of that all training camp and you know all season long. It's like you know you can play with the best of them. We've just got to find that consistency. Um, Booker and Aiton, you don't really need to say much about those two. They're both fantastic. Um, DeAndre Ayton's defense got better and better as the season progressed and got to the free throw line more, which I thought was one of the biggest flaws in his game early on was he would shy away from the contact and settle for too many mid-range jump shots. So now that he's getting, you know, getting to the basket, I think that's fantastic. And then Oubre is a pretty good third option. So I think between those three, the pieces are there. It's just now finding out how to make it work every single game rather than having those nights where you get hot and then having nights where you're struggling to score 100 points and you're getting blown out by 30. I was lucky enough to go see the most points ever scored in one game by an Australian, Aaron Baines, the GOAT. I was there at the game when uh, it was Portland against Phoenix at Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix. It was part of my little uh, USA trip or vacation holiday, depending on what country you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, the Suns, man. The Suns are exciting this season. It was good, as you said, Monty Williams and, of course, Devin Booker. They're finally working out that Devin Booker needs an actual point guard next to him and Ricky Rubio definitely filled that role. I hope that the Suns can work it out because Phoenix is a beautiful place. I know this is recency bias of me going there, but Phoenix is a great place. Um, He deserves to stay there. I know he likes it there. DeAndre Ayton finally showed that he might be worth a higher pick. He started to show it this season. Wasn't like the best player or anything, but he's yeah, he's a very Ayton, good player. Ayton, Booker, and um, also Mikel Bridges. Yeah, Michael Bridges, Mikel, whatever it is. Yeah, Mikel Bridges. He showed that, yeah, he got into his form this season. As you said, Ubre with his Converse shoes contract <laughs> got going. And also, uh, I think it was. DeAndre or DeAnthony Melton yeah, uh, off the bench, some energy, you know, I don't know if he was drafted. Uh, exciting, the Kings. So good on them. Uh, so the, the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> same, exciting. Same shit. The Suns. <laughs> good on them. All Who right, was the last so, guy you mentioned? DeAndre Melton? Yeah. <laughs> I said yes just to back you up because I was like, he'll know what he's talking DeAndre about. DeAndre Melton. Yeah, DeAnthony. I said DeAnthony. I did say DeAnthony. De- oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I've got their roster up now and there's no one Melton. <laughs> no no, who's the guy? Hold on. There's, there's guys that are the same. What's he look like? League. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, I have no idea who you're talking about. Cam the Johnson? Anth- no, Javon Carter. <laughs> Javon Carter. <laughs> I'm sure, for my records, I'm sure DeAnthony Melton played for the Suns, and I've just mixed up Carter and Melton. Hold on. He was traded to Phoenix. He was 
Yes, thank God. <laughs> See, I've mixed up the Anthony Melton and Javon Carter. Javon Carter, what a burst off a bench that man was. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Thanks for so good. We don't know his name. Um, thanks for agreeing with me, though. Anyway, a whopping, uh, let's... A whopping five points per game. He's just—he's not worth uh, knowing, is he? I'm telling. <laughs> wait, Javon Carter. Yeah, I'm telling you, Suns fans, hit up JL. Tell him about uh, Javon Carter because what a man, mate. He's just—he's 25 years old. He's had two years in the league at four points per game. Hmm. He's not going to get any better than that. I'm telling no, but he's been a great energy bench that it laid in that season. Anyway, let's move Alrighty. on. Uh <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers was a tough one. I think I had Flash for the Suns. What did you have for the Suns? Oh, I had Flash, yeah. Yeah, Flash. Um Portland Trailblazers. What did you have? Oh, I had Flash as well. Um or only because and I in terms of what they were going to do preseason, I think they they were underwhelming, but injuries were the main source yep. of that. Injuries. When they actually had Nurkic back and all cylinders firing, they were fantastic in the bubble. Um, you know, took game one from the Lakers. The rest of it didn't go their way, but they show that with Nurkic in the lineup, they're a fantastic team. So that's why I had Flash. But if, you know, before the season, if you told me that the Trailblazers were going to, finish with a record of 35 and 39, like what the fuck, what went wrong and, you know, be underwhelmed by it. But we know the reason for it was injuries. So I can't be disappointed with that. Injuries. But yes, let's talk about the positives. Flash, Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons, Wenyan Gabriel, the former Kentucky player, beautiful young performers. Gary Trent Jr., just amazing. Defending LeBron, putting up, Big shot threes. Anthony Simons sort of dropped off as the season. I do went like on, Simons. I, I, I think he's going to be not like a superstar or anything like that, but mm. he moves so smoothly around the court, which is like not something you normally look out for in players. But he just glides around and seems to make the right play constantly. So I think in more minutes and doesn't help, you know, playing behind Dame and CJ, who are going to eat up so many minutes and handle the ball. But when he does get that sort of Free reign. He looks really good. All right. Let's keep smashing them out. Sacramento Kings. Uh, what'd you have? <laughs> I had Flash. Um, oh, my God. Because really? I I know the Kings well, Nave, and there was no way in the world I was going to buy into any hype that they might have had. They <laughs> finished exactly where I expected them to, which was going to be shit. You knew they weren't going to get higher than you know, the, the 12th seed. Um, Fox is good. That's not. There's not much else to really talk about. Bagley, I feel bad for because he can't really get on the court. Buddy Heald, I've got no time for. He couldn't defend me. Um, that's about all I can say for the Kings. Which that was a very negative flash, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a negative <laughs> flash. Let me just say, and if you're new to the show, get used to what I'm about to say. 2018-2019 season, the Sacramento Kings record was 39-43. and 43. They finished ninth in the tougher Western Conference. They get rid of one Dave Yeager. <laughs> Here we go. They bring in Luke Walton, who just did not prove anything with the Lakers. What the hell did they get rid of Dave Yeager for? They played boring crap, and yes, they did have injuries, but they played boring crap and... 
They finished with a record of 31 and 41. God damn. The Kings, trash. I've got here, no Dave Yeager equals no fun Kings. <laughs> After playing so exciting last season, they were shit this season. I'm so happy that Dave Yeager is now part of the Sixers staff. He will be on our t-shirts eventually. I keep saying it. What a man. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're happy because there's not a single Kings fan that is and they haven't been since 2002. Um, anyway, damn, let's move on. The San Antonio Spurs. What did you have this season with the mighty best organization ever? I said my literal notes were kind of nothing because there's nothing for me to really talk about. I sort of had them maybe scraping into the eighth seed, but that's about it. And they didn't do that, but that was no surprise. There's no one to really talk about. DeRozan, we know his game's not going to elevate teams all that much. Aldridge is getting older, not producing as well as he used to. And then they've got some young pieces like DeJounte Murray, but like they just sort of hit every goal that I sort of expected this season, but didn't blow any of them out of the water like the Thunder did, for example. They just sort of hit the mark and satisfactory, but not damaging at all. The Spurs, I had them, as you said, same as you, you know, it's so hard to say that LeBron's not going to go to the finals or the Spurs are not going to make the playoffs. They broke their record this season. I think they've been making the playoffs, what was it, uh, 21 years in a row or something like that or 22 years in a row since 1998. Yeah. And they did not make the playoffs this season and it's looking a bit um, a bit bleak for the Spurs moving forward. They do have DeJounte Murray, but... There's been rumors now that DeRozan says that he doesn't want to be in San Antonio, and that doesn't matter for them moving forward. That's a, it's just that's that a good sign. You don't hear that. You don't hear that normally. That you don't want to be in San Antonio. I can think I of think... one player that said that that didn't want to be in San Antonio. And... <laughs> Sorry. I... Well, did he even talk? <laughs> yeah, you got Uncle Dennis to talk for him. Thanks, <laughs> Uncle thanks Kawhi. Um, but it doesn't feel right. And I think that if Popovich wants another championship, which he may not want, um, care for, you know, he just really loves the Spurs. If he does want another championship, I don't think it's coming in his tenure at the Spurs. I had trash. Aldridge and DeRozan are real old and crap. Uh, Aldridge is old as. Um, He's still good for an old man, as in, sorry, he's still playable as an old man, but they're just sort of not looking great at the moment had a, and had a very off season for their standards moving on to the team not from the u.s the toronto raptors the coming in reigning champions what did you think of their season um they to me were they smashed it um Kawhi left and everyone sort of thought well there goes the raptors but um in a new role siakam played exceptionally well all season long prior to the bubble um and Freddie Van Vliet showed that his hot streak were in the, in the playoffs last year. That continued for the most of the season. Kyle Lowry still Kyle Lowry, and I fucking hate him, but he's good and, you know, effective what he does. Um, I thought, I mean, they they played the Nets in the first round, didn't they? And that doesn't really count because the Nets didn't have anyone in the bubble. Um, yeah. They pushed the Celtics to seven, which I thought the Celtics probably should have won in five. So you you got to give him credit there. And a lot of that goes to Nick Nurse, who coached exceptionally well. Um, so I think in terms of every every goal that they wanted this season, 
you know, as an organisation, they're thinking championship because everyone does. But on the outside looking in, I think they they succeeded in everything that they could have done. I had smashed as well. They definitely smashed it and smashed the expectations. An argument for another time. I'm not sure if we agree here, but I've got this small thought in me that the Raptors aren't actually that good. And we're seeing similar sort of to the Bucks, but not really similar. Being in the East, I reckon they're benefiting a bit off that, but I reckon Siakam, I don't know. I know he had a, I know he had a good season, but then a bad bubble. But I reckon Siakam might not be the thing to take you forward for anything championship uh, terms. He's a good second option. Yeah, so I I don't know how good they actually are, but before the bubble, they killed it. Smash well, straight out. A well coached team with you know eight to eight to ten players chipping in is going to win you games. And at the end of the day, they might just be a regular season team, sort of like the Hawks from you know, in 2015, 16 sort of time. But that's still like a decent effort, if that makes sense. I mean, they've got, if their best player is Pascal Siakam, who has one move, which is the spin move, that's it. Like, you're going to take that. You're going to be happy with, you know, making it to the second round. Whether they can land at a big free agent or make a trade, I don't know, but that's their ceiling at the moment. On to the Utah Jazz. What did you have for them? I had Flash. Um... But this was a tricky one for me because I felt like when they lost Bogdanovich, it sort of the whole Utah team felt a bit different despite him not being the first option. It just felt like a different team in the playoffs. Um, when they did sign Conley and Bogdanovich, I thought there's a chance for a conference finals here or or at least getting to the second round. But if I try and I know it's trying to be, we're meant to base these off our expectations, but just in terms of what I saw in the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are going to get you a first. Well, they're going to get you into the playoffs. Those two combined, and that's why I've got flashes because I just know that they've got a young team. Well, those two are quite young anyway. Um, Joe Ingles will get you some good minutes. There's some positives there. It's just now Rudy Gay, well, not Rudy Gay, Mike Conley. Sorry. Don't know how I got those confused. <laughs> Mike Conley, you just got to get him meshing with the team, get Bogdanovich back into action, and I reckon they they should make the second round next season. Yeah, I had a flash too. Uh, as you said, Rudy Gobert, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Donovan Mitchell, nearly won Rookie of the Year, and we all know has not slowed down since then, and Donovan Mitchell hitting those record numbers in the first round and taking it to seven against uh, Denver, who we know went to the conference finals. The Jazz, I always loved the Jazz, and maybe they could have gone past Denver in, in game seven if, if they had Bojan Bogdanovic. Who knows where they could have gone. Um, I'm all for the Jazz always, and I thought it was definitely a flash of what's to come. I hope they run it back, and I hope we get to see them. I'd love to see them crack it in for the... Um, conference finals one year that'd be good mm. to see um so lastly the washington wizards not too much to say trash and just i hopefully john wall is healthy again whether or not he will because he relied so much on his athleticism he was so much fun to watch and gave me nightmares in the playoffs a few times so um wall and beal will get you a few wins you just gotta but there's not there's not much else to talk about there like it's it was so underwhelming. They don't really have a roster that's competent at all. 
So that's it for the Wizards. That's it. Just like Kyrie Irving, uh, John Wall seemed to just sort of take another year off. Who knows what the hell's going on? He's getting paid uh, a billion dollars. So <laughs> I don't think he, I think it was, you know, and they reported that, you know, it was like very smart of him to have the surgery. Was it last year or whenever it was? Um, but it feels like he's been out forever. Yeah, it has. John I mean, Wall. Achilles are tough to come back from. They do take time. But I think it's one of those, it's one of those awkward injuries where it's, at the wrong time. So by the time he starts getting healthy is just as the season's about to finish. So it's just like, there's no point rushing back. It's just, you take that extra off season and you'll be good to go from, you know, game one, the next year round. What do you have trash? I had trash yeah. for the wizards. And that concludes our, our team gradings for the 2019, 2020 season. Love it. I forgot to mention at the top that Stan Van Gundy was in fact hired as the Pelicans coach on a four year deal. Um, we don't have to discuss that. It's whatever. <laughs> Not much uh, um, the NBA is aiming for a December 22 start day or around Christmas, hopefully before it, possibly 70 to 72 game season, trying to finish up before the Olympics so the stars can go to the Olympics if it does happen, possibly cutting the all-star break. So very exciting. There was the main rumor that was like uh, MLK day, uh, which is January 18th. So that was a bit, um, that was a bit, you know, not exciting. So it's exciting that in just over, just under two months, yeah. we, we could have some NBA back. How good would that be? So that sort of concludes this week's episode and our all our gradings uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Our next few episodes are going to be great. We're going to have... I can't lock in that we've got a guest coming on next episode, but within the next three episodes, we're going to have a guest. And I've got this feeling, JL, that we're going to have guest after guest after guest. They all just lining up, asking to come on the show. I hope you're not pushing me. Uh, So we're going to have some guests. I really want to do a uh, episode or two where we propose trades moving into the season. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've got to talk about the NBA draft, which is, creeping up on us pretty fast and when you do one podcast a week we really got to get onto the draft so it's jam-packed nba starting very soon we're going to be very busy it's going to be a very exciting time thank you for listening to this episode of the bronx cheer basketball show check us out on social media facebook instagram twitter if you are on apple podcasts or itunes don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating it really helps the show jl Nave, thank you for coming on again. Always a pleasure. I'll speak to you next week. Can't wait.